Everybody glad to be in church this morning? Yes, it's a great place to be. Aren't you thankful we got a church? I'm thankful for it. I, I drive up and I think, oh, Lord, you're so good to us. So, so, so good to us to know that they're having church in Branson right now and we're having church here. You know, we could not have a church here, you know, and God's been so good to us. Well, last week we were talking about the ways of God. Y'all want to continue on that or you want to do something different? Keith said we could have a Jericho march. He said, Phil, just do whatever you want to do. And I'm like, okay, I'll do what God says. How about that? He said, yeah, that's always best. And I said, okay, let's do it. Last week we talked about this, and so we'll continue on it again this morning. Get comfortable. Tell somebody next to him you like them. It always makes you more comfortable if you like the person sitting next to you. You know, if you're, you know, you're not quite as comfortable, you know. I mean, I don't care. Kick your shoes off. Get comfortable. I don't care. Be comfortable. Yeah, really. Yeah. I don't care. Be comfortable. Are you comfortable temperature-wise? Sometimes it's really, really hard to get it, it right in, in these auditoriums. You know, you got the lights coming down here and back there and everything. But uh, last week we talked about this. And uh, how many of you in here are old dogs? Dog. D-O-G. Dog. I'm a Cajun girl. Old dog. How many in here is an old dog? No. Because it says, you know, you heard the saying, you can't teach an old dog a new trick. Right? But we're not old dogs, right? We're new creations in Christ. So, uh, we, yeah, we don't have to be set in our ways. Because old people can get set in there, but we're not going to do that. We're going to find out God's ways, and we're going to be ready and willing to do His ways. Right? So let's put up our verse, if you would, uh, Psalm 95.10, and we'll just take right off, and we'll just go from there. We talked about the ways of God a little bit last week, and this said, 40 years long was I grieved. Now, who's talking here? The Lord is talking. The Lord God is talking here. 40 years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, it is a people that do err in their heart. And they have not known my ways. Go on to the next verse. Unto whom I swear in my wrath they should not enter into my rest. Now, we asked this question last week and we'll ask it again this week. How many of you were not here last week? Oh, my, 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 my. Okay, so we'll review just a little bit. Um, that God was punishing them by not letting them enter into Canaan's land. How many of you think that's talking about that? Because they didn't listen. They didn't get to, they, they were punished. Well, let's look at the next verse and see if you still feel the same way. This is the Message Bible of Psalm 95.10. It says, For 40 years they watched over me at work among them, and over and over they tried my patience, and I was provoked, and oh, I was provoked. Can't they keep their minds on God for five minutes? Do they simply refuse to walk down my road? Next verse. Exasperated, I exploded. Now, this is God talking. They'll never get where they are headed. They'll never be able to sit down and rest. Now, does that make you look at it a little bit different? Does that make you see God maybe from a different light? 
exasperated because he can't get you to do what he wants you to do. Therefore, you're on the wrong path. Therefore, you're getting all the wrong things, all the bad things, and you're never going to get where you're going on that path. you got to get back over here on this path so that you can eventually rest. Because if you keep going on that other path, it's the wrong way. Okay, take for instance. You're trying to go to St. Pete. Okay? But you leave here and you go, go south. And you keep going south. And you go, what is it, Alligator Alley? And you go down to Miami. Is it going to take you longer to get to St. Pete if you turn left on 75 or if you turn north on 75? Which way is going to get you to St. Pete the quickest? Which way are you going to get to rest sooner? North. It is the exact same way with God. So many people are taking paths and turning left when he said turn right. So therefore, they're going around the world like the children of Israel did for 40 years when it should have only taken them how long? Everybody has their own opinion, but two weeks maximum. Now listen, is there any difference between two weeks and 40 years? Huh? Two weeks or 40 years? You think about it. Two weeks in your life, how much time does that really take out of your life? Not a whole lot, a little, not a whole lot, are 40 years of your life. Do you really age? Do you get tired? Do things change in your life over 40 years? What about two weeks? Not so much. That was God's plan. That was his plan of attack the whole time. But I think the very same thing is happening in people's lives today. God has a plan for them. And he wants things so good in their lives. And he is getting totally exasperated because his plan is for them to have two weeks of having to deal with this, get through this struggle, get through this thing that they're going through, get through this thing that they got to go through Alligator Alley to get to the other side. But it takes them 40 Years and they're still struggling and their bills are still not paid and their body's still sick because they're going the wrong way. But I think if we could get on his path and do what he says do and find out about his ways, then we could take that 40 years and turn it into two weeks. So we need to find out about his ways and cut out all those extra years because I see gray hair in here all over the place. And you know what? We're not getting any younger. We don't have another 40 years to add to the 40 we've already spent. I know I don't. So let's look at it some more. Now, I know both of those were in the Old Testament. And a lot of people today, I'm telling you, it is an epidemic of people that write us letters and say, even something that's in the New Testament, they'll write us a letter and say, that is not for us. And I just want to shake my head and say, what century do you live in? When the Bible becomes not being for us, you have a problem. 
I said it. Yeah. <laughs> Write me a letter. You know what's going to happen to it? No, no, no. Better than that. When the Bible becomes not being for you and me, and you know more than this book does, you got a problem. You got a problem when you think that you you know more than this thing does. Because I'd be willing to compare. I'd be willing to compare my life with your life and see whose is better. Oh. <laughs> Let's compare the fruit. The Bible says compare the fruit. And see which one's better. That's what you tell a tree by. It's what? Fruit. So let's look at, because I know some people like to know everything from the New Testament. So let's see, does the New Testament tell this verse differently? You want to? Okay, let's do. Let's look at Hebrews. Um, Chapter um, 3, verse 7. And see, I wish we could do this so you could really see how it compared um, to what we just read in Psalms. Hebrews in the Message Bible, sorry. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. It says, That's why the Holy Spirit says, Today, please listen. Now, who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? Today. Say today. Please listen. That's me. Today, I'm going to listen. All right, there you go. Don't turn a deaf ear as in the bitter uprising, the time of the wilderness testing. That's talking to us. It's saying the same thing. You don't turn a deaf ear as they did in the wilderness, okay? Even though they watched me at work for 40 years. Does that sound familiar? Like the Old Testament? Your ancestors, ancestors refused to let me do it my way. Over and over, they tried my patience. Keep going. And I was provoked. Oh, so provoked, I said, they'll never keep their minds on God. They refuse to walk down my road. Does that sound familiar? Keep going. Exasperated, I vowed, they'll never get where they're going. They'll never be able to sit down and rest. Does that sound familiar? It's exactly the same thing. Who is he talking to now? Us. He's telling us to listen that we don't do the exact same thing that they did. We don't want to do that. We don't want to provoke God and not listen to him and exasperate him because we won't listen to him. It's not because he's trying to be mean to us that he's keeping things from us. And that's what so many people are thinking. God is keeping things from... No, he's exasperated because he's saying, no, turn around, go this way. And he's exasperated because he knows your blessing is if you'll just turn around. Like my blessing is right there. This is... You see how close I am to it? This is every answer I have been praying for for 40 years is right there. Do you see how close that is? Now watch me closely. Everybody got got their head up looking at me, right? 
My blessing is right there. You see how close I am to my blessing. And God is trying to get it to me. But what if Phyllis, in her own way, goes this way? Am I getting closer? Am I getting closer? And cameras are going to have to try to follow. Am I getting closer? 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 Am I getting any closer? Is God trying to help me? Am I getting any closer? Huh? Is God mad at me? My blessing is still there waiting on me. He hasn't changed. The blessing is still right there waiting on me. It's the same place it always was. He's not holding back on me. It is sitting there waiting on me. Who's the problem? Who is the problem? Is it any closer? Am I getting closer to it? Y'all help me out here. Give me your counsel on it. What should I do? Go his way. Go his way? How do I know his way? Listen to him. Listen to him? I can't hear him. Huh? I can't hear him. Huh? How do I find out what he wants me to do? How do I hear from him? What do I do? I keep going and I keep going and I keep going and I keep going. But I'm not getting any closer to it. What do I have to do? I have to find out what his will is and what his way is. I can keep going my way day after day after day after day after decade after decade after decade and live in misery and live in torment and live without. And blame God for it every day of my life. That He doesn't love me. That He plays favorites. That He doesn't care. And that serving Him doesn't really matter. But it's not until... I'm honest with myself and I say, God, I know you told me do this. My flesh hates doing that. It don't want to do that, God. It don't like getting up early. It don't even like those people. Man. They think so different than I think. God. (sighs) But God. (laughs) But God. And you keep putting that flesh under. Every day. But what are you doing? Huh? That flesh is still screaming at you. But God... And you're still doing this. Even though you have to wake up every single day and talk to that flesh and tell it, no, you're not doing your own thing. You do that for a little while and you're going to find yourself forgetting about that flesh. And before you know it, you're going to be right here on top of where your blessing is. 
And then you're going to have forgotten about all the things that you had to do to get to this blessing. You're going to forget about all the trials. You're going to forget about all the tests. Do you think the children in the wilderness would have forgot about all the trials and tests the minute they got into Canaan's land and got every blessing that they could ever dream of and ever imagine? But what did they have to do? They had to forget about all their murmuring and grumbling and complaining and the things they didn't have and think about the one thing God told them to do. And that's what they had to do. And what we have to do is we have to do what? We talked about two things last week that we have to look at to find out His ways. What were they? Please remember. One, you got to read your Bible. We said they don't read the instruction manual, right? right. What is the manual? The Bible. You got to read the instruction manual to find out how to do it. You got to read the instructions if you want to get something right. If you don't read the instructions, you're going to mess it up. Have you ever made a recipe for something and you try to do the recipe and you leave out? It's like one time I was trying to make yeast rolls. And I had never used yeast before. And do you know when you're making yeast rolls, you have to test yeast? How many of you have ever used real yeast? Been years, huh? Don't you have to test the yeast to see? Do something with it or something? Yeah. And see if it'll work? I don't know anything about what I'm talking about. But anyway, to see if it's going to rise or not. You have to heat it or do something to it to get it to put it in the stuff and all this other stuff. Weird stuff. I didn't do any of that. I just poured the yeast in there. And it didn't work because I didn't read the instructions. So I called one of our chefs at the church and I said, how do you do this? And he talked me through it and he did this and he did that. And you know what? It worked. It's the same way with every instruction that you've got to do. If you read this book and you follow it step by step, it'll tell you what to do. And then the other thing that we talked about was if you're not reading the book, you need to be listening to people that are reading the book. And that's some of the stuff that I want to talk about today. And then we're going to go on from there. I said, when you're not reading the book, you need to listen to people that are reading the book. But you know, there's a problem with that. And let me tell you what the problem is. A lot of people are assuming that those people are reading the book. But... If you've ever heard us tell anything, we stand up here and we say, check it out in the book. See the scripture for yourself. Because anybody can give their own interpretation of what that book says. You need to find out what that Bible says for yourself. You need to see that it says, by Jesus' stripes you were healed. You don't just need to take my opinion for it. You need to see it for yourself. Do you know I was so blessed by the testimony that Tom read this morning. He didn't know what I was going to talk about this morning. But let me show you an example of it. So many people over the years have come to us and they say, Will you counsel us? Will you talk to us about this? Will you tell us what to do in this situation? 
That's all good and fine. It's great. Except for the fact of, unless I hear from God as to what to tell you, I'm only telling you my blonde-headed opinion. And it's not any better than her opinion or his opinion or her opinion or hers or hers or his. doesn't matter. It's still just an opinion. And it shouldn't change your life at all. Because my opinion will not work in your life unless it's directly from God. And that's what people are doing left and right. They're listening to this preacher and they're listening to this preacher and they're listening to this person's opinion and they're listening to this person's opinion and it doesn't apply in their life. So when this person was telling about what God told them to do about their son, we could have given them all kind of counsel. We could have said, read your Bible. We could have said, stand. We could have said, talk to the heart. We could have said, do this. We could have said, do that. And it could have all been off the top of our head. But what did God tell him to do in this situation? To pray for the other babies that were in the hospital. Now, is it better for us to give him an opinion or for God to give him the answer? It's way better for God to give you, in your heart, the answer for what to do. But people don't want to take the time to go to God for their self and find out what the answer is. But you have to find out His way. My way won't work for you. You might not like my way. Like the other morning, my way was I had to get up and run 13 miles. Did you want to do that with me? Huh? Most people don't. Like Keith and Dave will say... Would you run for us? We'll pay you. (laughs) They'll look at me and they'll say, We'll pay you big bucks if you'll run for us. If it would only work that way. But it doesn't. My way will not work for you. Rob's way will not work for me. You have to hear from God. That's why God... When he sent Jesus, he gave us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. We don't need somebody going to God for us. We need to talk to God on our very own. We need to say, okay, God, what do I do? How do I turn this around? Am I going to Miami when I should be going to St. Pete? Because what's going to happen is you're not going to understand what he has you doing. Now, we've been talking about his ways, and let me explain this. I remember when we first got started on this church here. And I was trying my best to figure out how we were going to do the financing immediately to get this church started. Because we did not live here in the state of Florida. And banks will not even talk to you out of the state of Florida because you don't have a residence in the state of Florida. And they're not loaning loans from one state to the other state. And it got really tight when we first started doing this. And so I'm standing there and I'm, I'm just, you know, I run and, and pray. And I walk and pray. And I, you know me, I sit still real often. And uh, so I was running and I was praying. And, and all of a sudden the Lord said, call this 
particular banker in Branson. And I had been praying about this for a month. And we actually had checked with another bank and we had done this. And it was another bank that was, we had business there and they had a branch here. But they said, no, give us the demographics. Do this, do that, do this. And we were like, forget that. We're not giving you our partner names. We're not giving you the demographics. They want too much information. And we don't do that sort of stuff. So I said, forget it. So anyway, I'm running and I'm running and I'm running. And I'm way, I'm probably seven miles away from home. And the Lord says, call this banker. And I said, Lord, this is fruitless. He's in Branson. Why would I need to call him and tell him what we're doing? I could not in my mind connect the dots. I couldn't. Have you ever seen one of those puzzle pictures that are connect the dots? Raise your hand. I want to see. I want to make sure everybody's on the same page with me. Okay? You've seen them, right? And you're over here connecting the dots, and you look and you look and you look for this other dot, and it's way over here up in the left corner, and you can't figure out why that dot's way over here up in the left corner, but you finally find it, and it's way over here in the left corner. Well, that's kind of how this was. I was trying to connect the dots and go to banks and talk to people, and God said, call this banker. I said, okay. So I turned around and I ran back home. And I called him. And I called his name. And I said, I don't know if you're aware of what we're doing, but we're about to start another church in Florida. And I said, I need temporary funds to be able to do this. And, and I need to do it now because this building is dot and it's about to be dot and da 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 da. He said, Well, that's pretty funny. I said, I know you probably can't do a thing. He said, well, actually, I can. I'm on the board of a a bank down there in Sarasota. My best friend owns it. And within 10 minutes, all done without one stitch of paperwork. 10 minutes. Picked up the phone, talked to the president of the other bank. He had given me a recommendation. He said, I've got all of her paperwork. I'm telling you, it's solid, no problems. Ten minutes, it was done. Now, God's ways are higher than our ways. Now, if I'd have sat here and tried to connect the dots and say, I already know they can't loan the money to another state. I already know how this stuff goes. What would I have done? I'd have messed it up. I'd have tried to figure it out with my head. I'd have tried to figure out everything that God was trying to plan for me to do. And that's what people do all the time. They sit there and they reason things out in their head and they talk themselves out of God's plan completely because they cannot figure it out with this pea brain of theirs. And you'll never be able to do it because God is smarter than us. And He knows His ways and He knows what He's trying to get across to you. He knows that if you'll do this, it's going to connect you with this and it's going to put you here and you're going to come in contact with this person and they're going to come across your path and you're going to be set up for exactly the right thing. And maybe he's telling you to go get a job at Walmart and run a cash register. And you're thinking, that's too low for me. Well, maybe it is. But maybe that's right where he wants you because when you're there, you're going to come across somebody that 
comes through the line and meet them and they're going to know somebody that's going to own this company and you're going to get to talking and you're going to wind up being the president of that company. But if you don't start out at the cash register at Walmart that doesn't make any sense in your mind, then you're never going to get to the spot that you're supposed to be. His ways are higher than our ways. If we try to think it out and we try to figure it out and we try to look way down the road, we're never going to get there. We're never going to get where he planned for us to get because we're not as smart as he is. And what he does is his plan is to bless everyone that he can involved with situations. He's not only trying to bless you, but he's trying to bless the other person that talked to you. He's trying to use them in part of your plan. And you're only thinking about... But he sees the big picture. And he sees, if she'll work there, then I'll send this person across there, and they'll be a blessing to her, and then this will put them in this spot, and this will put them in this spot, and then there will be just a chain reaction. But all you see is your little life. But he's got a big plan out here, and we're just a little speck in that big plan. Do you understand it? Let's look at a few people that were just a little speck in that big plan. Let's see here. Before we do that, let's look at Proverbs 3, verse 5. I think you've got this, but let's just reiterate it from the Word so you don't think I'm just talking to be talking. Proverbs 3, 5 in the NIV. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean always to your understanding. Huh? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Next verse. Go to the next one. Uh, uh, In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Now, what would have been better for you? For me. If I would have been standing here, what would have been the quickest? And the easiest? One, two, three. Instead of how many reckon it was that I went all the way around there? But I had to acknowledge what he wanted me to do. Not what I wanted to do. And do you know what? When you get off on that path... There's dangers out there that you should have never been in. And there's problems out there that you should have never had. And there's temptations out there that I should have never come across. Huh? And do you know why your refrigerator broke down at year 20? Huh? And do you know why you had to get another car that you didn't have the money to get? And do you know why your finances are in such a mess? And do you know why this happened and why that happened? Huh? Because it took you too stinking long to get there. Do you reckon you're going to run out of gas if you go on 75 to Miami instead of filling up your tank when you leave here and going directly to St. Pete? Are you going to need more money to fill up your car? Could that ever happen to somebody? 
God's plan was to provide for them to go from here to St. Pete. But they went around the world to get to St. Pete. I don't care if you like it, it's the truth. If we're not in God's plan, we're out of His plan. You're either in His plan or out of His plan. And if you're out of His plan, He has no promise to us to bless us. There are no guarantees He's going to take care of us out of His will and out of His plan. Just because you label yourself a Christian, just because you say, I love God, you cannot say, I love God, and do your own thing. It's a contradiction of terms. He is merciful, but you saw what he said. He gets exasperated because he's wanting to bless you. He's wanting to get things to you. He's frustrated because he's doing his best to get you your stuff. It's waiting there for you. But he himself cannot break his own will and his own word because he says, if you serve me and if you put me first and you seek me first, I will bless you. If you don't do that, then you're just like the world and he's a respecter of persons and he can't do it. Even if he wants to, he can't. Even if he desires to, he can't. Because if he does it for you, he would have to do it for the world. He would then become a respecter of persons because they're not serving him either. And just because you get saved and you do your own will 24-7, that's what they're doing. Their own will 24-7. We must, we must, we must seek out what he's telling us to do. And when we do what he's telling us to do, we'll have all the money that we need. He'll provide for us. He'll equip us. He'll give us everything we need. So if you're running short, you might want to turn and go another direction and find out, okay, God, where did I get off your path? I remember one time, and I'll get back to these Bible stories in just a second, but I remember one time we left. It was right after we got out of of Ramah, way back 1980, 81, I forget which year it was. And uh, we left, and we were going to do one of our very first meetings, and we were driving to Terre Haute, Indiana. And Keith was tired because he had spoken all week and then he preached all weekend. And so I was driving back. And they had detour signs everywhere, just detour signs, you know. And I, we had never been away from our home and then we'd never been away from Broken Arrow at that point. And we were not world travelers. We just weren't. We were just little homebodies. And so I got on this road and it was an interstate and you had to go across the Mississippi River Bridge and, and it was in St. Louis and it was, it was just kind of, I was lost. And Keith was in the backseat asleep. And it was before the day of GPSs and I didn't have a map. And the detour signs were there and I went across that bridge because the detour sign wouldn't let me get on the interstate. So I went across where the detour signs said. And I took another road and I took another road and the detour signs didn't say which way to go. And I went across the bridge. And I did it again. And I did it again. And so I thought, this is ridiculous. So I turned another way. And I wound up in a really bad part of town. And I was lost. And I was crying. I was tired. And Keith woke up to me crying. And he said, oh, Phil, just don't stop. (laughs) Just don't stop. Well, 
Was I where I was supposed to be? Did I get off my path? That's what this verse was saying. He was saying they, they can't rest and you can't rest because you won't stay on his path. And so many people are seeking rest. They're so worn out today. People, how many people you know that is just totally worn out every day of their life? It's like they can't get enough rest. They can't, there's no time to do anything. They're just like exasperated all the time. And their, their patients are, are frazzled. And their kids are getting it. And their spouses are getting it. That's why there's so many divorces. Because they're not on the path. We should have a life of peace and rest. But when we're always having to grasp because we don't know what we're needing and we don't know where we're going, it's frustrating. But God makes it real easy for us. He says, find out my ways and I'll tell you what to do. Find out who I am. Spend time with me. Talk to me. And I'll tell you specifically what to do. But when you go to this person and you ask them and you go to this person and you ask them and you go to this person and you ask them and this person and this person and this person and this person... Every single one of them will give you a different opinion. But none of those opinions matter. Only one thing's mattering. God's answer to you. And that doesn't come from this level. It comes from this level. And God didn't put this wall or this floor over our head to where we have to go to these people to find out what our answer is. He gave us a direct line to where we can just look straight up and say, Oh God, what do I do? And He will tell us what to do. He will speak to you. It doesn't matter if you've missed it 10,000 times, 50,000 times. He is so merciful. If you go, Oh God, what do I do? He's going to tell you. Every time he's going to tell you what to do. I don't care if you think you forgot it. You say, oh God, I forgot. What is it? He's going to tell you again. And if you think you can't hear him, he'll get a megaphone and he'll say, I said, (laughs) do this. Why? Because he loves you. And he's exasperated with you going the wrong way. And he'll tell you again and again and again. And something that will rise up on the inside of you. Tell me you can't hear from God. How many of you ever dropped anything in the grocery store and something inside you told you to pick it up? Huh? Or knock something off of a clothes rack in a store and something inside you told you to pick it up? How many? Raise your hand. Uh Uh-huh. So uh, that's the Holy Ghost inside you. And if you can hear that, you can hear from God telling you, do this. It's just that simple. God will talk directly to you and you don't need other people's opinion. He will tell you, do this, do that. He will tell you, don't sit there and watch that TV 24-7. Get up and get you five minutes of exercise at least and you'll feel better. (laughs) But we got to do it. You won't have to have a doctor if you'll do this. You won't need extra income if you'll do this. If you'll stay out of that mall today, you ain't going to need extra $500 this month. Huh? Yeah, uh uh-huh, see, uh uh-huh. We got pointers in here today. He'll tell you things. And he'll direct you, turn your car around, don't go in that store. 
He'll tell you, don't go to that restaurant today. Go to this restaurant. And who knows? Somebody may be in there that buys your lunch. He will lead you every step of the way. But what so many people have gotten in the habit of doing is just, like we said last week, doing their routine or doing their own thing. But God loves us so much. I mean, he'll knock you in the head and he'll say, hey, hey, Diane, get up from there. Go helping kids. She'll say, yep. Are you having a good time? Yes, ma'am. She's having a good time. Because he loves us. And he wants, he's exasperated because he can't get us to do what he wants us to do. So he'll send somebody and he'll say, hey, get back there and take care of those kids. Get back there and work with the greeters. Get back there. And, you know, he'll nudge you just a little bit. And he'll say, do this. And you'll know it's him. You'll know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. You'll know it's him. And you'll have to override your flesh not to do it. You'll have to. You'll have to say, hmm, I don't... But you know it in your heart. Don't ever let somebody tell you it's God or not God. You go by what you get in here. Because you have the greater one living inside of you. And if he says, do this, then you hop to it as quickly as you can. Because if God tells you to do something, it doesn't matter if you have a dime to do it. If he told you to do it, he's going to give you the ability and the funds and the grace and the mercy and anything you need to be able to do it. If he told you to do it, he'll help you to do it. Let me show you a few Bible examples. Let's see. It said, lean not to your own understanding. Um, let's look at this verse, and I'll show you the examples. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. We'll get there eventually. You'll understand this. New living, please. This is what the Scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those that... So he's prepared good things for those that love him. How do you know if you love somebody? Huh? I could tell Keith I loved him all day long, but never did anything he asked me to do. Would that show that I loved him? I don't think so. Verse 10. But, read this verse with me. But... Everybody. But it was to who? God revealed these things by His Spirit. God reveals everything to us by His Spirit. He doesn't hide anything from us. He reveals everything to us that we need to know by His Spirit. Keep going. For His Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. He shows them to us. He doesn't keep them hidden from us. So we need to be willing to try to connect dots. Let me show you a few people that were able to connect the dots real quick. Do you remember the story of Abraham and Isaac and how Isaac got a wife? 
Abraham told his servant to go to a far country and don't go to this country. And he told him, I want you to go and find a a wife for my uh, son. And I don't want it to be from here and I don't want it to be from there. So he went to this particular country and he said, whoever you see that waters your camels and, and does this, then she's going to be Isaac's wife. Well, he gets to the well and there is Rebecca. Okay, this is in case you want to look it up sometime. It's in Genesis 24. So you can write it down and search me out and see if I'm telling you the truth or not. We won't take time to read all these stories because there's a few I want to tell you about. So he gets to the well and he comes up and he's got all these camels. And she is just a young girl. And she walks, she hears him come up and he's got all these animals and everything. He says, she says, can I give your camels some water and give you some food? What is she thinking about? She, I know she's thinking about becoming one of the wealthiest women in the world. I know that's what she has on her mind when she asks him that. Right? That's what her focus is. If I water these camels, I am instantly going to become rich. She's received some kind of revelation. She's received some kind of vision. She's received something that if I water this next man that comes up as camels and take care of him, I'm going to marry Isaac and I'm going to be the wealthiest woman in the land. Huh? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. She was working at the cash register at Walmart... Huh? And God sent this man along and she took care of him. And she watered his camels. And she became Isaac's wife. And Abraham was the richest man. And she got all this gold. Don't tell me it's wrong to have gold bracelets. Read your Bible. (laughs) And earrings. Just go back and read your Bible. Because she got all these gifts of bracelets, jewelry, and all kind of stuff. And said, he said, come back with me and be my, my uh, ma- master's son's wife. And boy, she loaded up and went. <laughs> After she got all those presents. But what was she doing? She was not trying to connect the dots. She was not trying to figure it out and lean to her own understanding. All she was doing is what she felt like at the moment she was supposed to do. She didn't have the vision way down the road. All she had was do this now. Do this right now. Thinking about other people. Not thinking about herself thinking about him, and she did it for him. Now, let's look at another one. Abraham and Sarah. You may remember the story. Those men were just walking along the road, and Abraham nabs them and says, I know you've got to be hungry. I know your feet's dirty. I know you're tired. Come in here. Sit down. Rest. Take a rest. He hollers at Sarah. He hollers at his servants. He says, I'm going to run and go grab a calf. You get some milk. You get the bread. Let's fix them a meal. Anybody got a clue what happened that day? They were angels. Huh? 
Those men were angels sent from God that told them they were going to have a child. Now, how old were they? 29. (laughs) They were way past childbearing years, years and years and decades before that. But Abraham did that because he connected the dots. And he saw that if he invited these three men in, that they were going to sit down with him and they're going to say, your wife a year from now is going to have a baby. He didn't have a clue of that. He did it because that's what came up in his heart at the moment. Instantly at the moment. You may think, leaving here today, you may think, you know what, I saw them across the crowd. Maybe we should invite them to lunch. That's the end of it. Do it. You don't know what that result may bring. You don't know what that could be down the line. You don't have to understand it with your head. Our heads are messed up. They've been living in this world way too long. They're ruled by the ways of this world. They're not ruled by the Spirit. Our heads are ruled by, I have it my way, I'm selfish. Because that's what this world is. It's get it, get it now. It's mine. I want it. I got to have it. It's all about me. And that's all it thinks about. I'm tired. I've worked hard this week. I just want to go home and rest. Is going to keep you out of God's blessings. Because your head will say, I got to go home. I've been working hard all day. I don't have time to talk with them. I don't want to talk with them. And your spirit's going to say, spend just a minute with them. You know that minute could mean a $500 check. That minute could mean they're going to take care of something for you in the future. That minute could mean they're going to love on you and minister just exactly the thing that you needed to hear that minute. But our heads get in the way. And they say, oh, it's not a big deal. That, oh, it's not a big deal, will mess up your life. Oh, it doesn't matter, will mess up your life. Because the things with God, the greatest things in Keith in my life, were not some big burning bush, were not some big shakiness and rattliness. It was like, go to camp meeting. One time. In our heart. It was like, pay this off. Well, as soon as we got that paid off, This big thing happened. It was like, go talk to them. Then we wind up serving for 25 years. (laughs) We didn't know it was going to lead to that. That's what I'm talking about. Abraham did not know him feeding those people was going to lead to him having a son. And you won't know it either unless you do what God says. What about Ruth? Oh, that's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. All Ruth did was try to help her mother-in-law. That's all she did. She went out into the fields. She's picking up the grain. Boaz sees her. I mean, she's out in the heat of the day with the workers, picking up the grain. Boaz tells his workers, don't mess with that girl. She must have been a looker. 
because he says, don't mess with her. And as a matter of fact, just leave some of the grain, let it fall off the stalks, just kind of drop it accidentally on purpose on the ground so that she can just come behind you and just kind of pick it up and put it in her sack. Make it easy on her. Now, I know that Ruth had this in, in mind when she went out there in that field. I know she knew Boaz was the richest man in the area. And she went and she researched on the Internet <laughs> who was the richest and who owned that piece of land. And she knew exactly what she was doing and this was her devious mind that she was going to go in there and she was going to start picking grain there and she was going to come across Boaz and she was going to meet him and she was going to wear her sexy little clothes and she was going to fall in love. He was going to fall in love with her and happily ever after. You agree? No. No. All she was doing was trying to live, to survive. They didn't have any food. And it was okay in that day after they'd already cleaned their fields for the people that were poor to go back behind them after the fields had already been taken all the grain in to go behind them and pick up what was left. So Boaz saw her and he liked her and they became husband and wife. Why? Because she had a plan? No, because she did what God dealt with her to do that day. And if you don't ever start there, you're never going to get there. And 99.9999% of the time, you've got to start out caring about somebody else doing something else to get to this point. Do you see these people? Abraham. Do you see Rebecca? Do you see Ruth? Were they thinking about themselves? All of them were thinking about somebody else. They were all trying to take care of somebody else. And what happened to them? They wound up being the richest people around. But they were not thinking about becoming the richest people around. They were thinking about doing what God told them to do for that minute. And God said, go clean this up. Go do this. Go do that. Go cook them a meal. And they got their heart's desires by doing what God told them to do by helping somebody else. Does that sound like the God you serve? Do you think that sort of thing, if you're going this way, And God says, you know what? They're having a hard time. How about you helping them out? Do you think that could make you do a... For the three people that said yes, you might get out of the wilderness before 40 years is over. (laughs) Do you understand? You can't just do things your way. You'll suffer through things you shouldn't be suffering through. You'll deal with things you shouldn't be dealing with. There'll be sickness. There'll be pain. There'll be heartache. There'll be family troubles. You'll come across temptations you never... Like when I was back there in that corner. Let's look back here. Let's just see what I'm talking about. Let's see. I'm a young woman. Look at There's a man here. 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 Oh, there's men everywhere. 
I'm coming across men I never would have met. Do you understand what I'm saying? What if you're a man? Okay, is there women back here? Oh, there's a woman. There's a woman. There's a beautiful woman. There's a woman. There's a beautiful woman. There's a beautiful woman. Are you going to come in contact with people that could be flirtatious? Are you going to come in contact with people that could cause you problems? That you would have never met had you have stayed way, 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 way up here. But if you get off your path, you open yourself up to being places and doing things and seeing things and getting involved in things that you never should have been involved in. Because you're on the devil's turf then. When I start down that aisle, I'm not on God's turf anymore. I'm on the devil's turf. And he, I'm open game for him to do whatever he wants to do to me. And that's why God gets exasperated. It's like us pastors. When people come to us and they say, you know what? God's dealt with us to leave the church. You go, oh, God. Because you know, it's like a big umbrella. And you know, while they're here, they've been protected. And things have been good. And their finances have been getting better. And they've been growing. And that the minute that they step down that aisle... They're open game for the devil. And you hear from them later, well, they got cancer. You hear, not that they're just supposed to be at this church, but if this is where they are supposed to be, then they need to be here. I tell people all the time, if you can go someplace else and serve God better and do more for God, get your britches in the road. But if you're not going to do any more for God there, then you better stay here. We don't want to be someone that when we step our feet down this path over here, that the devil is reaching out his arms down this road, that like he's trying to grab you down as you're going down. I mean, he, there's constantly, you see how these people can just grab you? That's what the devil, he's seeking whom, what? Devour. He may devour. And when you're on his turf, you can devour me all down this road. I'm right here in devouring land. <laughs> I'm able for him to devour. But when I stay up here on God's turf, he's, he, I am out of bounds for him. Can their arms reach me? You don't want to be where you're easy prey for the devil. You want to be to where he's got to work to get to you. You want to be to where he's got to fight and scramble to get to you. You want to stay so close up here that if he's going to get to you, he's got to go through this. And it's going to be tough for him to do it. That's one of the reasons that I said what I did earlier. I'll compare my life to anybody's life because the attacks can't come because I know that if I stand behind this, it's my shield. And the devil can't get through that. But if I'm over here, Where's my shield? It's way over here. And anything he tries, he can just grab hold to me. So I turn by following, by following his ways, by doing his things, by doing what he's told me to do. You just think you're happy sitting there doing nothing. But you're never going to truly rest and have God's best until you do what? 
Do His things. Do His ways. Do what He's asked you to do. Then you'll know what true rest and joy and peace is. You'll be able to go... You won't need pills to sleep at night. You won't need drugs to help you rest. You won't need drugs for depression. You won't need things to help you be from being hyper because you're stressed out. And you know our society is either on one or the other. It's either hyper, they say, what, ADD? Or it's on depression drugs. They're either up or they're down, or they're up or they're down. God will keep you like this. He'll keep you consistent. He'll keep you level-headed. He'll keep you in peace. But you can't be in peace when every day you're walking down this aisle and just think about it this way. Rob's throwing one thing at me. Uh, Joe's throwing another thing at me. Everybody that I go down the aisle is able to throw a different thing at me every single day. And I might stall out because this one's bad, but the minute I get up, he can throw something else at me. And the minute I get up, he can throw something else at me. And he might knock me back. And I might get stuck dealing with this one for two years. But the minute that I get up on my feet and I think I'm able to go ahead, guess what? I'm still on the devil's turf. Do you understand that? You're still in the devil's territory. Just because you get up and get on your feet, where are you when you get up? You're still right in the quicksand. You've got to do an about face and do what God told you to do. And get back up here, out of the devil's quicksand, so that he can't keep throwing things at you you got to find out what He told you to do. And it's never too late to do what God told you to do. Amen. And I'm not talking about you have to stand behind a pulpit and minister. I'm not talking about that you have to have a five-fold ministry. I'm talking about you may have to go to Walmart and water the camels. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? You may have to be a mechanic someplace that hands a tape to somebody that gets somebody else on a path. You have to do whatever He told you to do, no matter if your flesh likes it or not. Because this flesh and this mind will lie to you. But He will never do it. And if you'll ever give in to Him, it will be glorious. He makes everything look bad. The devil is the best at making God's plan for your life look hard and look no fun and look bad, but if you ever give into it, you'll have more joy, more peace, more happiness. His yoke is what? His burden is what? Forever. Stand on your feet. How many of you are ready to get off the devil's territory? You want to get off of it and not just get up and go on. You want to get off his turf. Well, close your eyes with me for just a minute and say this with me. Say, Father, Father, I ask you you to show me me your way. way. Show me me 
your path. And I will turn and go your way. I will do exactly what you show me to do. I will not be bait for the devourer. I will be a vessel, meat for the master's use. Thank you for helping me hear you. I am your sheep and I know your voice and a stranger's voice I will not follow. Thank you for loving me and helping me and always being there to pull me out and show me the right way. I love you, Lord, and I'll serve you all the days of my life. Now, thank him for doing it. Thank you, 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 thank you. You guys got something you can sing? I'll say yes.